This is The View from the Gladys Street, a podcast by the fans for the fans, as we go on the terraces to discuss all the big talking points at Everton Football Club. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of The View from the Gladys Street podcast. I'm your host, Ian Kroll. It's been just over a week since we last recorded the fan show, and a bad week for the Blues didn't get much better on Monday, as Marco Silva's men laboured to a 2-2 draw at home to Watford. Join me on this week's fan podcast, we have Rob Astle and Connor O'Neill. How you doing, lads? Too bad. Not bad, mate, you? Uh, feeling a bit down after the, the past week's uh, excursions? Yeah. yeah, it was a little bit, well, it was hugely disappointing on Monday, wasn't it? It was, I think, arguably Marco, the worst performance of the Marco Silva tenure so far. If you look at the team we had out and what we were up against, and we just didn't really get going at all to be in the 90 minutes. Absolutely, it's been a, a very, very frustrating week. Uh, just before we get going... Uh, just let you know, I put a shout out before on the Royal Blue Facebook page uh, for questions. Um, so a couple, of you, a couple of you guys have submitted questions and I'll of course read them out at the end of the show. So stick with us for the final segment of some crackers and it's fast becoming my favourite segment of the show. Um, Connor, you were on last week's show. Um, since then, we've played Newcastle and we've played Watford. Uh, we've had two draws against teams really. At home, we we should be beaten. Um, what's gone wrong? I, I don't know. I think that that I mean, I, yeah, I had hoped that the goal that I'm feeling last week on the show when we were talking about it didn't take too much out of us the last ditch defeat. But I think since then it looks like it's it's drained almost every ounce of sort of every ounce of energy we had in going forwards and. We look deflated. I think since since that goal's gone in, we haven't really. I mean, even the Newcastle game last week, I thought we huffed and puffed. And you know, if they probably would have shown a little bit more ambition in terms of going forward, especially in the second half, they probably might have nicked it. I mean, no, they didn't nick it at the end, Newcastle. But and then on 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 Monday night against Watford, we did play a team who showed a bit of ambition going forward, and they got two goals in the space of three minutes. And I, I don't think I think there's multiple reasons why it's gone wrong. I don't think there's sort of one one aspect that you can pin it on. I think there's, we look a little bit leggy. We look a little bit fatigued. Richardson looks like he's been kicked one too many times. And, you know, like I said, we just haven't really got going in the two games. We've, it's been slow and laboured and and we paid the price. Rob, do you agree with that? I mean, is it, if, we're, if we're looking leggy and a bit fatigued, is that, it's not just a little concern that it's a, it's a very big concern because we're not going to be able to, bring reinforcements in for a good couple of games yet and we're like what only not even halfway through the season yet I think I think the the main point what I do agree with Connor is there is that derby game has knocked the stuff out of us mm. the confidence is just it just looks we look drained we look especially on Monday night we looked drained of it we didn't look like a team who played together um, you are right it is a bit it is a bit worrying that we're you know we've got four games till the till the window opens, is it? And, but even then, are we going to get anyone in straight away? You know what I mean? It's 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 not it's not it's not going to be an easy task. We do look leggy. Um, I think some, I think it's a mixture of confidence. What's done it? I read that I listened today on the other podcast. They were saying we've used sixteen players is it, in the last six games or something. You know that's that's a lot of football for some players. You know what I mean and. It's down to two things. One, Silver hasn't got the options that he'd like to bring off the bench because he's made the same change. He makes the same changes every game round this round about the same time. And if that's he's got to play his best team, otherwise we're not going to win games. And I know we haven't won the last two, but the team prior prior to that, they were winning. You know, we were on a good run of form up until that derby. But I think that 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 derby defeat, sorry, that derby defeat, that was really really knocked the stuff out of us. And, we need to pick ourselves up. I thought on Monday, Watford bullied us. They bullied us off the board. They won the they won the midfield battle. I thought, to be honest with you, I thought the defence did all right, to be fair. But it, the battle was lost in the midfield, and it just allowed them to dominate. You know, in that second half, I don't think we had, we barely had. We didn't do anything of note. It was it was it reminded me of the um, the West Ham performance earlier mm. on in the season which was one of Silver's probably worst performances up until Monday night. And it's a dip in form, you know, there's no doubt about it, but I'm sure we'll bounce back. It's the positive guy in me there just trying to keep out. What's more frustrating, you know, you know getting beat against Liverpool, obviously the last minute goal was 
was heartbreaking, wasn't it? But you know, put it into context, Liverpool are you know top of the league now, unbeaten. You know, just qualified for the Champions League. They are flying, and we did play very well in the first half. Anyway, I always say, second half we, we I don't think we did enough. But you know, teams like Newcastle, Watford, you know, shouldn't we just shouldn't we be beating them? Yeah, we should. You know, uh, the Newcastle game going going back to that, we should have been out of South by out of South by half time. We had three or four great chances. Sigurdsson had one, Toshin had one of note, and the keeper made two good saves, I think. And in the second half, we find it hard to break down two banks of four. It's we we always we struggle with it, especially when teams sit back and we should. And then the Wofford game, like I said, they just out bullied us really. Um, and it is frustrating. We should be we should be like laying waste to them teams if we want to be the best of the rest and push for that sixth place and you know break break into the new you know this new top six. But at the same time, no, put it into context. We're a third of the way through the first season under a first under a new manager and we're seventh in the league and it put it, it you know looking at it like that I think every single blue this time last year would have bit your hand off for that and we're showing signs of progress it is there is going to be bumps in the road it's not, we've said it before let's not overreact to defeats losses or draws you know so let's you know put it all into context and we'll be fine eventually it's just it's just a bit of a dip in form and I'm sure Marco Silva will get, it, get us out of it. Connor, would you have bit someone's hand off a seventh in the league? Last season? Yeah. At that, um, I, I think going, looking back, you'd obviously, you you know, we were in a state of, well, last year was just a nightmare, wasn't it, in general? I mean, the whole season mm. was a nightmare, so anything other than that nightmare, I think, would have been progression. I think what Rob said there is more worrying a little bit is that we seem to have a really good eleven. But if that 11, if three or four of them plays and that 11 don't perform, we seem to struggle. I think that's what's happened the last two games. We, we The 11 plays, we, we know are good and capable of winning games for us. Haven't really performed and some have looked off it and some haven't really looked at the races. And I don't think Silva's really got the, the, sign, the kind of hope and expectation in some of the substitutes, you know, potentially starting. I mean, Tosson started against Newcastle but was back on the bench for Watford. Mm. So that kind of tells you everything that you need to know. I mean, the only really place where he seems to have rotates the, the, the three centre-backs. Nowhere else has any sort of rotation. Um, and I think what Rob said there about the substitutions and stuff as well, I think it's a bit, it's almost becoming too familiar, isn't it? It's, and and if, we're, if it's familiar to us, we're, we're then too predictable for the opposition. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought on Monday night it went a little bit panicked when he sort of threw all in forwards on. Yeah. I, and the kind of, I know whenever you're chasing a game or whatever, you're always going to lose shape because people, but we kind of just are... Plan B was just throw a load of forwards on and hope for the best. And only the fact that we naive, they naively give a, a stupid town ball on the edge of the box. We didn't create not with them forwards on the pitch. We didn't no. have a, a clear cut mm. goal scoring opportunity. We got a free a, a free kick off a, a naive, stupid town ball off a long pump forward. There was still no creativity or no chances. So I think it's all, it's all become a little bit too predictable for me. I think and it's hard to see how he freshened up though because I don't think he's got the the trust and the faith in the players who were in the background looking in. I think on, I think I think as well, it's like just going back on my point there about uh, you'd have took this to this time last year and you know what I would have had a bit your hand off for it, you know what I mean? Given what we were what we were putting up with. But at the same time though I can appreciate the frustration from fans because wins and form breed expectation. So these games, yeah, we should have, we should we should have easily come out with mm-hmm. with two wins. We should be on, I think, was it thirty points now, give or take. But we're not, and it, we just just got to keep remain level headed and give Silver the time to get these get this team together that he wants to get, and it's not going to be done in one window. Well, that moves on to my next question because you, you know you're talking about expectation and from last year to this year and how it's gone so far. You know, before the derby. Um, expectation was quite high. We we probably went in there the confident, most confident we've ever gone into the derby. Yeah. Past three games have obviously um, shot us in the foot a little bit. So, do do we need to be careful in what we're expecting this season? And because we li- obviously it's frustrating that we're not beating the likes of Newcastle, we're not beating the likes of Watford at home. You know, we get beat by Liverpool every year, so that doesn't, regardless of the <laughs> the, the last minute own, uh, last minute goal, doesn't make any difference. Um, but we are seventh. Is that where we're going to stay now for the remainder of the season? And should we just accept that? Not, I'm not, not saying accept it, but I don't think 
it's hard because you you, you you can rile half a fan base up by saying this, but you've just got to like, like, like we said, yeah, look at it in the context of things. You know, this is team is, is it's come from, you know, what people perceive as was fighting relegation at this time last year, trying to claw its way out to challenging for Europe, a European spot. It's a, it's a stark contrast when you look at it. You look at the stats, things are a lot better. I'm not saying we should just accept seventh, but, you know, I'm, I'm not at, accept. I'm look, not saying yeah, that either. I'm just yeah, saying that's where look, we are. Seeing look where at, everyone's saying we seem to be at the look moment. At, look at the sign. Look at the signs of progress between between the, between between now and where we were last year as a, as, a, as a point and say, well, all right, we're still in touch. With, we're still in touch with United in sixth. I know. We're, I think it's a win behind, but that can easily change in two games, and you're back up there then. And I said this earlier on in the season on one of the pods. Keep in touch with them. You know, we at the, you know we didn't have the the best of starts in, in, if truth be told and if you can keep in touch with them up until around Christmas and you're in and out and you can get the you know you can strengthen in January you can then push on don't forget we've still got a cup to try and win as well in January and I think as well if you if you I could ask you know you could ask loads of Evertonians to say would 7th and, and a decent cup run do this season based on a manager one it's his first season first full season he's had one transfer window to try and fix it to try and fix the mess we were in last year I think they bite your hand off for that and like I said, it's not. I'm not accepting it, but I'm just seeing the big trying to see the bigger picture. That's all. Yeah. yeah. Are we kind of are we not in danger then of um, losing out on a, a massive opportunity here with the you know United aren't playing great? I mean, you'd have to say Chelsea, Arsenal now find the form, even Tottenham. So I'm not. I'm not going to go as far as I say you know we've got um, potential to qualify for the Champions mm-hmm. League. I'm not, but um, you know we've we haven't when we've won games this season on that run that we went on, we, we haven't really blown teams away, have we? You know, we've, we, sounds like I'm being negative, but you know, against like Cardiff and Brighton, we didn't, you know. It's our fault, wasn't it? It was yeah. our fault. Yeah, I mean, it? it's no easy game in the Premier League, no. is it? It's just, you know, a lot of, a lot of fans, and we've said it on this table, you know, we're expecting, you know, some, some uh, team's going to get a hard in the year, and it hasn't turned out to be the case. Yeah. No, I mean, I must admit, I, I was sort of, one of the ones you were saying, oh, we're going to give a team a hard and some, sometime soon we're going to mm. give a team a hard and you can see it's coming and all that. But that seems to have fizzled out firmly now. But I think, I think going back to Rob's point, I think you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. I think you show expectation what you want to be and then you sort of knock on your dead and say, knock down, aren't you? Because you sort of say, we should be pushing for the Champions League yeah. and all that. It's un- people say, oh, you're unrealistic. And, but then if you sort of say, oh, we should be just not happy for seven, people say, well, we've got to have a bit more ambition than that. Yeah. You know, we're, we're spending big money now on plays. You, you've got to have a little bit more than well, just... that's another thing, isn't it? We, you know, we're one of the big spenders. This exactly, season. you know. So I think I think the big thing in football is is the expectation always comes from how much you spend. I think no matter what happens, so, sort of what you what you put out, if you're spending big money on big on players... There's always going to be the expectation that you've got to do well mm. because people will say, "Well, you spent all that money on the players. Why isn't it working? Why, you know, how's it not working?" And you know, and I think that's where it kind of the fine balance comes in. I think that the reason that there's it's gone a little bit the way it has, like at the minute, is the fact that you know when you don't win your home games against like like so Watford and Newcastle, it puts massive pressure on against when you go to like some Man City and stuff like that. I mean, we were speaking off air before we come in, and you know, you, you look at like you no know, since the Cardiff win. We've been beaten by Liverpool, drew at Newcastle, drew at Watford. We now play City Saturday, Spurs a week Sunday, and then go to Burnley on box- Boxing Day and Brighton on 29th. Now, all of a sudden, you could be going into New Year's Day there with maybe one win in five games. Mm. You know, no wins potentially. And then all of a sudden, and then all of a sudden, you're in a rut then. So, New Year's Day, Leicester at home at 12 30, people are saying, Oh, we need to get a win here, you know, we're yeah. in a rut here, you know, it's going wrong the, this. When does the panic set I, in? I, I, and when, yeah, that's it, and does panic start setting in then? If, you know, if things aren't going well after 20 minutes at uh, Goodison against Watford, uh, Leicester on New Year's Day, the moans and the groans going to come back? So it's, it, it's, it's, it's the next couple, it's, I, I think I said at the start of the season, we needed to make Goodison back to a fortress and pick up the three points against the teams who we should be beating. Mm. Now, in my opinion, we should be beating Watford and Newcastle at home. And when you don't do that, that's when the pressure starts to mount and the, the yeah. questions come and you know the debate about expectations starts kicking and stuff like that. In my opinion, I think I think as I think as well, if we'd have beaten Watford and Newcastle, 
City and Spurs would have been probably would have been a free hit, mm-hmm. really. You know, anything there is a bonus. Anything, anything's but a bonus. A bit like the Derby, wasn't it? Because we had such a good run yeah. up to it that the Derby yeah. become a free hit almost. So mm-hmm. we went there and get beat, or we're being on it and beat there yeah. for, since 1999. You know, if we go there and do anything best than that, then it, it's just another good punter on the yeah. board. So if you get in and out, if you get in and out of Sp- City and Sp- uh, City and Spurs, it's a bonus, and then you've got two tough but winnable games between Christmas and New Year. Then against teams who you know we should be beating and it, it is just right that this is where this is where the panic sets in and you, and you can see it from time within with us when us within aspects of the crowd and it's it's just the it's just football nowadays it's it's just ridden with impatience and don't be wrong I, I can be the most impatient person in the world sometimes i said to you at 70 minutes do you want to go home on 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 on, 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 on no. monday you know what i mean that's how, glad you stayed now. that's how that's how that's how bad that's how bad we yeah. were playing you know what i mean and that's how frustrated i was getting and but it's yeah, you've you've just got to like just take a step back sometimes and go back to basics. Like that, I remember that Leicester game um, where we beat them two one away. I wasn't expecting anything from that, but you look at that performance. That was one of our better performances of the season because mm-hmm. it was it was we did Everton right. Everton was basic. You know, we didn't do anything stupid with it. Like on, against Watford, we were you know Sigurdsson's trying to do little flick-ons at two one down on the edge of the box. It's like yeah. no, mate, don't be doing that. Just get the ball. That was frustrating. You know, do you know, I remember it, the exact one? Like, yeah, and it's it's. Go back to basics and we'll be all right. Mm. It's all it is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it seems to me like the, the first couple of games of the season when we were struggling, um, even when we started picking up points, our first half performances were were poor. You know, we we, did, we weren't at the race, we didn't get going. And then in the second half, I, I remember saying a couple of times, I don't know what Silva says in that second half, but it does wonders. Now, the past three games, I, I, I think that it's been the opposite. I mean, I don't know if anyone noticed that, but is that can you put anything mm, down I, to that? I, I'll be honest, I don't think the first half performances against Newcastle and Watford were that good, if I'm being honest. No. I think against Newcastle, we, we should have been, mm. we should, but in my opinion, they're one of the worst teams that's ever come to Goodison. The, their approach and the way they, they played, you know, they, they showed no ambition. They had no, inten- they had no they, intentions they, of winning they, the game. They have no yeah. intentions, and obviously, you know, you're looking at that's a team that have been stuffed by West Ham, I think, was it two? On a Saturday, yeah. three nil, and, and could have been more. Beat by Wolves, uh, and just been more beat by Wolves the weekends, and you know they've they've had three wins. I think hadn't they, on the bounce prior to that, uh, before that West, yeah. West Ham game prior to that, they've been in shocking form. Mm. I don't think we were that great against them. I think if we'd have played with a little bit more tempo and a little bit sort of put on them more, these are crumbles. And I didn't think the first half performance against Watford was that good on Monday uh, either. I'm with Connor on this. I, I, I thought. Okay, I, I, I don't think I thought it, we scored against the run of play. Yeah. Well, we scored at a good time when we probably had the run of the play in terms of we dominated. But then I think once we scored, I think we had one chance to be not with Sigurdsson went Yeah, through. I, I mean, but then after that, I don't think it was. I don't think it was exceptional. I just think that obviously we took the lead, so we went in one nil. Mm-hmm. I thought we were solid defensively. I don't think Watford really troubled us that much. So I think that's that's where I'm coming from. I mean, the se- if you think if you thought the first half performance was bad, obviously you, the second half performance was was. Was ten times worse, if not a hundred times worse. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, I, 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 I mean, I'll be honest. I think I looked at the, the clock. I mean, I sit in the Gladys Street and looked at the clock towards the park handstand. I think we played fifty-three minutes at the second. Well, we played eight minutes into the second half, and I can't remember actually getting in. I remember yeah. sitting, sitting around says the lad next to me, "We haven't been in there half yet." I said, "We've we played nearly ten yeah. minutes here the second half. We haven't been in there. We just sort of." Come out a little bit. Def- I don't know whether it was defensive because it was like Tom come out and just sort of those old just defend here. And I turned on the lads at that point sitting next to me and I said, There's far too long here for us to hang on. Like, we need to show Get a little on. bit more than this. We need there's too far too long for us to hang on. Mm. I mean, if ever, if ever a team, to be honest with you, deserved an equaliser, it was Wofford. Yeah. At the, you know, at that point in time, you know what I mean? They, 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 you know, they come out and they come out of straight away. And like Connor said, there, we just didn't get it. We didn't just might as well not bother coming out. Mm. Is Silver struggling for options now? Then is he, is he even struggling yeah. to find his first, think, his best eleven? No, I think I think I think his best eleven is what starts every game. I think I don't, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, but do you think he changed it um, from the derby to the Newcastle game purely down to the fact that it was based on merit and form? Or do you think he was giving people a rest? I think he was giving people a rest. I think the changes that he made were. I mean, not I personally didn't see them coming, but when you think about it, it we, we played on the Sunday, we, the game finished at six o'clock on the Sunday and we've got a game again on the Wednesday. That's only two days. Surely Luckman was day. a given though for, for four. Luch- yeah, Luckman was a given. I mean, that's probably one exception I'd probably say, but, you know, Richarlison had been, Richarlison, uh, sorry, Tosin hadn't had minutes for a while. So I think, did he take Bernard out? 
yeah, you know Bernard, who, who you know is still is still adapting, who doesn't finish ninety minutes anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, he's brought him in to try and freshen her up there and just have a little something different. And um, the defense, you know, we've got at least we, that's the one place where we have got the options is, is in is in the defense, mm-hmm. isn't it, to change it around. And but I do, I think most of the, most of the changes against Newcastle were based on um, Luckman aside were based on just try and freshen it up a little bit. But he is short of options. You know, the team that started on uh, Monday against Watford, that's that's probably his best team that he can field at this at this point in time. Yeah, I agree. I think he is short of options. And I think the, the problem is, is that when he's given people a chance and he's rotated it, they haven't took it. Mm. I don't think Luckman's only enough against Newcastle to warrant any sort of... Was it, was it not harsh on him, though, to take him out straight away? From that, from possibly, Newcastle to Watford, possibly, yeah, but I just don't think he's done enough. Did he? I mean, I mean, did Walcott do enough on? I mean, well, Walcott hasn't done enough, enough for a couple of weeks, has he? He's he's, he's got away with it a little mm. bit. He hasn't really, but he's still he's sticking with him, isn't he? Or, mm. or, or, albeit from not the Newcastle game, I feel, you know, players. Obviously, yeah, you, you do need to make an immediate impact, especially in this league and at this level. Um, Luckman's only young, you know. Another game, you know, following on from from the Newcastle game. You know, there's no reason why he should have been unfit or tired. Mm. For me, it probably should have kept him in. I mm. don't know. Don't know. No, I think that there's an argument for yes and no, isn't there? I think there's an argument for give him a prolonged period of games, but then there's another argument of well, he's had his chance and he didn't take it, he didn't mm. do enough. Or it might not even be that. It might be that he's seen, you know what, he's my impact player. He's the mm. one who does come off the bench and yeah, make an impact to be fair yeah. to be fair to Silver and maybe he's thinking maybe he's thinking that because to be fair to Walcott as well, I thought he was one of his worst worst performances on, on um Monday night. Walcott still get he gets a chance, doesn't he? He gets in behind and he can mm-hmm. at least cross it or he can at least create a create create a chance. And I think that's why he kind of persists with Walcott in a sense because he knows he's got Luckman on there to really change it around and to, to, he's the unknown quantity isn't he he's the un, you know he's the one who we've all seen going you know what this lack can change games and that's maybe that's his thought thought process behind it but I I, I'm, I agree with you he shouldn't have, he should have kept him in because at the end of the day he's an attacking player and attacking players kind of only get confidence by getting runs of games and he's unfortunately he's not getting that at the minute and he, he's first on to be honest with you he's first on my team team sheet on, on one of the first on my team sheets on Saturday Luchman. Luchman, yeah. Okay, we'll move on from that then because um, obviously we touched on the, the lack of squad depth and you know there's nothing we can do about it now until mm-hmm. until January. So, uh, Connor, just, um, just a different different topic, different subject. Um, any complaints on the level of officiating on on Monday from from your point of view? I mean, obviously you'll give give your opinion, but we were awarded a penalty. Um, you know whether it was a penalty or not. You know we, we still give the penalty, and you could even say. Um, I watched it back and a couple of people have commented that the first goal that we scored was offside. Was offside. Um, you know, is that just evidence? I think the penalty was a penalty for us, so that, mm. that's fair enough. I, I do think that. And I, I do try to keep a balanced view. Um, but in terms of the offside, does just show how poor the level of officiating is? I don't, I don't know. Uh, it's not surprising, is it? I mean, the officiating across the Premier League since the start of the season has been, been poor, not just... I mean, we we are parallels, don't we? But not just at Everton games. I mean, I seem to remember a goal the other week was Southampton scored with yeah. a volley in from the edge of the box, and he, the lad was still the side, it, offside. Yeah. And, near and when he said afterwards, he went, he was interfering with play. He was absolutely the lad who was offside was absolutely mm. nowhere near the ball. Rifled in the top corner there, and he was on the other side. So I, I think it's been poor across the board, and I think it's just going to continue to be poor. And I think next year when VAR comes in, that'll be the get out of jail card if if. Once, if it does come in and you do properly use it, we got a couple of questions on that from uh, the fans that have submitted um, via the group. But Rob, do you want to uh, do you want to go on your usual rant on Kevin Friend? You know, I don't like them, any of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I thought on I thought Monday night. I thought I don't think he let the game flow. I thought he, he let a lot of fifty fifties like go toward go go towards Wofford and mm. and. Let them play the adva- like an advantage to them. Yeah, I mean, I remember at one point in the game, in the second half, just before the centre circle, he blew up for a uh, he, um, he blew up for a foul, and Sigurdsson's got the ball and he's and he's run and it's like, why have you done that? You know, you've just disrupted where we're, we're potentially on the attack here. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Officiating in the Premier League at the minute is a, is his absolute worst. I was never an advocate of VAR, but. 
I can't wait till it comes in now because one, mm. it'll make games right. You know, it'll make games, you know, that penalty, that penalty incident that we had on um, on Monday, there's, there was people, I saw people saying it was dubious for me. I thought it was Stonewall. Um, on the same, but in the same, in the same breath, Yeri Mina goes through a, is it Isaac's success? Mm. Yeah. But he wins the ball. Oh yeah, absolutely. But he wins, he wins the, ball. the ball. But the people complaining that Wofford should have had a penalty, but they shouldn't have. The offside got, you know, let's, let's be perfectly honest, Walcott was offside and touches the ball for Richarlison's goal. So VAR is going to come in and it's going to do two things. It's going to make games right, but also it's going to show, it's going to show these referees up of how poor they actually are mm. and it'll give them a massive overhaul, I think, eventually in, in these referees because I think half of them will be scared to give a decision now after this mm. and they'll all and we'll end up having like a new batch come in. Like see, the, I, I, I see what, I mean, I, I was against VAR to begin with, um, Purely because I think that it, it I mean, I'm a, I'm a rugby league fan, and it's kind of killed your referees killed the sports a little bit because referees that don't give a decision now every every time there's like a, 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 mm. a sort of touch and go decision. Literally going for it, that. it literally goes to the video referee, it, it, and all of a sudden they go to and, and, and all yeah. of a sudden like you've got halves lasting sixty minutes an hour because mm. the ball's in play for forty minutes, but you're spending like twenty minutes just yeah. reviewing and. That's the thing I think that you can't really get football get to that level football get to where it becomes It will though, won't it? But it sure, will yeah. to, it, sure it, 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 it will because like you say there, they won't give decisions, they'll be too scared to. But and it'll just get referred constantly. In in yeah, in in contrast to that then, would you rather have that or and not be given a decision or get the decision mm-hmm. and win it and win a game? And I think most people would say yeah, you'd rather it, win that, a game. Yeah. It's like look at um, against them. Um, Newcastle um, the other week Luckman's filed in the box and it's, cl- it's so clear it's clear as day don't be wrong we scored the equaliser from a corner which mm. remained from that attack but still that's a stonewall penalty it's mm. not given do you know what though it, it's it's the decisions like that that impact the game but I don't know if you remember Jordan the Watford game it was in the build up to their goal they got a free kick and they took a, it was a quick free kick but it should have been 10-15 yeah, yards further back, back yeah. now he, a friend, let that carry on. He let them carry on playing, which is fair enough. But anytime we tried to do that, he was blowing up. Mm-hmm. Just we, think had, we had three successful goal kicks. That, was it well, three goal kicks? Yeah, where they yeah, that was there. The yeah, because the infringement in the box. Yeah. But, really, but we had the ball, also really should just wait play on. Yeah, and just because yeah. we had the ball and it was their fault, not ours. And book him. Persistent. Yeah. It's persistent fouling. If you, if you know, if you want to, if you want to look at it in, in another way, and it's it, for me and as well, referees. You know, I could talk about this and I could talk about these all night. So, what this would be my last point on it, really. But for me, they're not getting even the basics right. Right against them, um, against Newcastle, it was Lee Mason. For me, one of the worst in the league, completely right. Like the worst out, worst out a lot of them. It was the counting of the steps for the wall. When, when you line yeah. up for a free kick, I counted 12, 9, and 8. It sounds petty, Do you know what I mean? But it's the basics. And if they're not getting the basics right, it's very nonchalant. Then, they're like, they're yeah, not really it's like the, 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 yeah, the, 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 there's no, you know, the, it's reckless as well, and it and it and impacts games, though, yeah. doesn't it? Look at, I mean, Charlie Austin the other week when he went on that big rant, and uh, uh, he was he had every right to, yeah. And, and you know what? Brilliant. And it's no surprise as well. He hasn't been done for that, has he? No, any other, any, sure. any other, any other, any other um, player or manager who comes out and slates a referee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's usually a telling off and maybe a game back or or a touchline ban for a manager or, or or like a fine mm-hmm. for a player. Nothing's happened to Charlie Austin because they know he's right. So bring on VAR and and re-educate these these referees as well on on the basic principles of the uh, of the game. I, I just think as well it's it's a, it's a past the game. I think that's not moved on. You know the, the, the whole of football's moved to, to a totally different world, yeah. hasn't it? You know from the the TV money to the mm-hmm. way players prepare, the management. You know the coach. I mean coaching staff. I mean. So many like football, and you know, guy, guy never said there's like 50 coaches now, isn't he? Per, per team, between from the actual manager right down to like, yeah, you know, the, the kit men and the sports scientists. And I just think it's the, the refereeing side of things, though, hasn't moved as fast as everything else. So players have got fitter, faster, stronger. The game moves quicker now, there's better players because the money's there to get the best mm. players in the world. And I think the ref, the referee side of things hasn't sort of moved in that direction, it's kind of gone stagnated a little bit but, and it's 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 paying the price because it's, they're not as fit and as fast and as strong as what they need to be to keep up with the games we're still playing with, we're still playing games with referees who were, who were refereeing games in like the early 2000s to like 2010-ish 
and they haven't. It's Connor's right. They haven't moved. You know, they haven't developed with the game, and you know, we, we th- th- some of them can't even keep up with the game. Does that mean? Obviously, they're well paid anyway, I believe. But did, did, does that mean they need to be paid better and trained better, physically more? They should be. You yeah, know, app, you know what they're doing. At the, end, at the end of the day, right? Footballers are accountable for that, for their actions, whether it's a dodge, you know, a goal celebration, which is controversial. Whether they, do, you know, whether they say something about the, re- you know, the referee at the end of every game. Why aren't referees held accountable? Why are they protected? Mm. You know, why, 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 why are they given a given a buy? Why are they so like, you know, you know, you'd probably if they came out and said I made this mistake or I apologize or you know, you know, it was a mistake. You'd probably, you know, you'd, you'd probably respect them a little bit more. Yeah. But, but they're, they're, not, they're not allowed. Though, and what annoys me is is, is is the way they play up to the crowd as well. It's like I watched on on Wednesday. Um, sorry, not yeah, yeah, Wednesday against Newcastle. You know, the crowds scream scream for decisions and Lee Mason's. Like he's, he's waving, waving, waving away to the crowds. Like no, hang on a minute. You wave. You, 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 you're looking at the game. You're not playing up yeah. to the crowd. He's, he's obviously listening to yeah. the crowd. Then yeah. So you, you know, you, you play, you, you're there to referee a game on a neutral basis, not because what you what you you know, not because what the crowd's saying and stuff. Mm. And it's just they're poor and bring on VAR because it'll fix part of the game, but it won't fix them getting the basics wrong at the end of the day. Well, this podcast is a. Is a very frustrating one at the moment because I'm going to go on to <laughs> Sylvie Gig- uh, Sigurdsson and his uh, his penalty miss. Uh, Connor, are we are we concerned now by Sigurdsson's um, ratio of success in penalties at the minute? Or I actually did think he was going to miss before. Did you? Yeah. I thought that too because yeah. I thought the way the second it's half. Easy to gone. say that when he misses. No, but I thought the way the second half had gone. I thought whoever took it was a miss because I thought the way the second half had gone, just not come off, did mm. it? And I thought it was just sort of like rub salt into the wounds. This of a missed penalty, you yeah. know. And, was it uh, unlucky it, or was it a stupid decision to go down and down? I think, I, was, I think it, the fact it went down in the middle strikes that he hasn't got much confidence in terms was, of taking them. It was dead similar to the save that Pickford made against the um, Palace. It is, mm. He got to keep a dive to, to, to the right, I think it was, and he saves it with his feet because he leaves his feet in the middle. And it, it, it It's just one of them, innit? Mm-hmm. But his confidence is obviously not great. I agree with you, Connor. Well, who's going to... If he was to not take the penalties, who, who would you suggest? Well, I imagine it would be Richarlison, wouldn't it? Who would step up and take them? Mm. Only Dean Dentist. Maybe, maybe Gomez or Dean. Mm. We I don't mean, know. We don't know because we've never seen any of them take no, penalties, yeah. have we? It's not. And I think the problem is, is that we've become so accustomed to the clubs and we're just watching like Bain stop. Yeah, and you can turn your back and look at your phone or something <laughs> and you, you, know, yeah. you, don't, you know it, then look at yeah. the back of the net. Yeah, but. I mean, we have been lucky, haven't we? Or like spoil for, with Baines. I know he's missed mm. one or two, but you know, I think he's got an 89%. You know, yeah. conversion rate. Yeah. So you know that's spectacular for a a player, a defender who's. Um, I only ever Leighton Bain, remember Leighton Baines missing two penalties. That's the one I remember against Czech uh, Chelsea. I can't remember the other one. I remember Old Trafford went to okay, saved it. Yeah, they're the two, yeah, they're the two. I remember them in the Premier League anyway. I know we missed one in the cup again, and that was in a shootout though. So I, w- I don't want to like sound like I'm, I'm making excuses, but are we just not getting like any luck to rub at the green? Like just look at the Watford's first goal. Like Coleman, oh, just, yeah, just it's mm-hmm. Coleman. Like it's, it's I, incredible. I, I, I think it's more though. Like you, you make your own look a little bit as well, don't you? We're not doing the basics, are we? Well enough yeah. to warrant yeah. to warrant to warrant look, are we? I mean, you, you look at like Coleman's got like the own goals, unfortunately, but the build-up place is poor. They get in far too easy mm-hmm. down the left. The ball's played back. The lad hasn't is uh, uh, unmarked on the edge of the box to, to sort of curl it in. You know, this the second goal we switch off from a quick free kick. Mm. Coleman kind of gets caught in no man's land and doesn't jump, and just it's sort of, is that know. is I know he's there, but you know, first of all, the, you know, the ball's got to be stopped from getting in that yeah. area. It's a danger area anyway. You know, Coleman, I, I watched it back before, and he's literally he's not a Tim Cale where he's going to be able to jump as high as like a kangaroo. Do you know what I mean? He's like. It's from a standing jump. He's, he's never going to win that ball. No, is but he? I think it's it's one of them, isn't it? If, if you're not going to win it, you've got to try and put the for, the, the forwards off. But where's Meaner and Keane? They were right yeah. there as well. Well, like, there's, 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 no, there's also a case, isn't it, that Jordan Pickford should come for the cross? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm just going to wait. I've always got to interject there and say, I, I thought Pickford could have done that. Because he is, is inside the six-yard box. So yeah. That's what I mean. It's not like it's, yeah. it's on the right-hand side of the area, like further out. Mm. That's why I feel like this is my next question. Is, is Coleman starting again to take a lot of unfair flack? Because, okay, he scored the own goal for one, so that's frustrating. That, you know, it's elements of unluckiness there. But, you know, where's, where, like you said, where's Pickford, where's Keane, and where's where's Mina for that challenge? You know, 
he's a big fella. Um, I can't remember who scored, but the core, right? Yeah, you know, he's never gonna. He's never even with a running jump. He's never gonna. He's never gonna win win that either. But as Connor says there, though, it's about doing enough to to put him off. Hmm. And he kind of gets stopped caught in no man's land, doesn't he? Just yeah. sort of plants. He's just like he's stopped frozen. It's like what they were doing to go up against this six foot five, absolute unit of a player, and potentially get it, or. Do I hope my keeper comes out here and gets this? I think that could be what he, what he, what was going through mm. his head. Because I, pers- I personally thought, I, to be honest with you, the goal live, watching it there at the ground, I thought I, that was really poor defending from everybody around there. But looking back on it, on the highlights, I genuinely believe Pickford could probably could have done a little bit more there. Don't get me wrong, so could Keenan Zuma. Uh, sorry, Keenan. Um, Mina. Mina, sorry. But uh, but generally... Well, it goes back to what we said like, about luck and stuff, you know, We've just saying not like and look at the green. We've just you know, highlighted how many instances there in the build up to one goal. What was wrong? What what was wrong and what we could have done. We could have actually done better yeah. not in terms of basic basic defending. Mm. I mean, we're not, we're not talking like we're being cut open by Barcelona. Yeah. We, you know, it was a short free kick, yeah. plant, put put down the line, a cutback, mm. a cross, and a free header. You know what and I mean? I think, and I think <laughs> at the time, I think the timing of the goal as well wasn't great. I mean, I know again, it's not an excuse, but like. Definitely no good time to concede. They'd scored, they'd scored, they'd scored like a minute and a half prior to that. Yeah. And we're still probably trying to gather our force and get mm-hmm. ourselves back together. And then, you know, they're on top of us again. Mm. We just haven't reacted fast enough. And let's not just single out Coleman there. Don't be wrong. I think he is due a bit of criticism, but that's another another story. But I think you defend as a team and you can't just solely blame one person there. Like, like we've just picked out what, so many people, so many people could have done so many different things differently there to stop that from coming in. But, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Here's me. All right, then. Um, before we move on to the fan questions, then we'll obviously play the champions on Saturday, half 12, is it? Quarter one, something like that. Man City. Um, they're going to be licking the wounds, aren't they, Man City, really, mm-hmm. from uh, from the Chelsea defeat. I know they play midweek in the Champions League in a, in a meaningless game. But I just see it, Connor. I mean, like you said, we've already touched on it. You know, we should have got points against the past two. You know, it's very doubtful or highly unlikely we're gonna get anything from this game, are we? Is it? You wouldn't know whatever, no, would you? Over the years, going to Man City just seems to be a little bit of a. It seems a little something over them, don't we? I mean, I went to university with a lad who's a Man City fan who's, who's a good mate of mine now, and he used to hate playing us. Yeah. He'd absolutely hated dreading coming to Goodison or play us going there because mm. he just said, "You just you've got something over us, like there's something there that makes you." Is this a different team now, though, from back then? I know they were still spending millions and winning trophies, but yeah, I think it is, and I think you know we saw last year didn't we, when we, we come to good, they come to Goodison and we all up that we get in the faces and we rattle a few cages for them. And We've still down. They for just, 20 minutes. They just <laughs> absolutely <laughs> ping the ball around Goodison Park, like you know it was nothing, and we were, we just chased shadows, didn't we, for nineteen minutes? So no, I think it, it it's it's a tougher game as we probably we're probably going to have all year. I think you look at when we've gone to. The so-called, I know we haven't been to Spurs yet, but look, the the rest of the big sort of six we've been to so far this season. For me, there's only been Chelsea we've played, we've looked anywhere near the rest. I think the rest have all been there for the taking on that on that afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't think that'll be the case this weekend. I think City will be right up for it. I think they'll rest players tonight, Wednesday, for, for the, in the Champions League game in preparation for Saturday. Aguero are meant to be in on the On the brink, on the brink yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I think they'll be right up for it and It'll probably be one of the toughest, if not the toughest, games we'll we've got we'll have so far this season. Rob, I'm gonna try and be positive. Would it not just be typical Everton to go to City on Saturday and put in a really good performance? Now I'm not gonna say win, but you know, at least get some sort of Con- draw results. Like Connor's just said there, City, you know, since they've had their their millions, they've we've been their bogey team, mm. so to speak. And but now They've set, they've set the bar in the Premier League so high now under Guardiola, and they're on another level. Don't be wrong, I know Liverpool are top, and I, I, but the way City play football is just that's a big man up, isn't you? Is it? <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's on another level, and they are going to be really, really tough. But you know, we've done well in in, in the top six against the top six sides. Not got the results, but if we come away from there with a point, which we we could do. You know, like Connor said, there, if we repeat that Chelsea performance where we were really compact for 90 minutes and, you know, we really frustrate them, we can get something from there. And then I bet you that, you know, the, 
the Tottenham game then becomes less less of a panic less and, and, there's, and, there's le- it, yeah. and there's less pressure on us then so we might yeah. even perform more so you, you never know it, it, but yeah why not you know I mean obviously obviously you know the day that we play them Kevin De Bruyne and Sergio Aguero arguably the two best players are going to be fit and ready to play but you know whatever mm-hmm. I mean I must admit I think you know if, if Aguero doesn't play I'd be a big I watched their game on Saturday and they did struggle in the final third a little bit without, mm. without Aguero they, they didn't really like, I mean, Jesus isn't as clinical Jesus isn't as clinical and mm. I know they played the false number half to start with didn't they yeah. and they brought Jesus on and they didn't look like they had the composure in the final third don't get me wrong they, they passed the ball around well mm. but they didn't have that clinical edge in, in the final third what we've seen over in recent weeks so I think if, it'd be a massive boost for us if Aguero wasn't to make it mm. because it, for me I think De Bruyne's fantastic and I think David Silva's fantastic but I still think Aguero is the main man there because his goals propel them to where where they are. I think you look at since he's not been there. I know they beat West Ham comfortably and they do one of the games, but when it matters most, they need really need Aguero to step up when it matters most, and he, he tends to do so. Yeah, less up more. Less, and Jesus sort of really hasn't really got going. And I think if they don't play, it'll be a massive boost. If Aguero doesn't play, it'll be a massive boost for us. Massive. I mean, Silva's been threatening for the past couple of games and he's used it and um, once making substitutions. Is this the perfect time to play three at the back? Uh, why not? You know what I mean? For trying to freshen it up a little bit. You know, it's it. I think, saying before, City's a free hit. I still think it is City. I think City's a free hit. Tottenham, not so much. But at the end of the day, these are the champions and, you know, they're either going to win it or, be, or very close to it again this year. And, you know, and, and, and I think... Any team who goes there is would take a point right now. And if we can go out there and freshen up and play three at the back, mm. why not? Just do it. You know, let's see let's see what happens. But who would you take out? I think that's the big that's, that's the big thing, yeah. isn't it? Is who would you take off out? me if it's three at the back? Who'd you take out and where'd you, who'd you put where within mm. that? Because yeah. you you play three at the back, you wanna then sort of you sort of playing three five two. So he plays as the two forwards, as yeah. the two outlets, you know, Richards probably be one. And Sigurdsson but, probably, but, but... I still think it'd be them two and it would be Dean on the left, Coleman on the right. Mm-hmm. And it would be, it would be a straight swap, not a straight swap, but you know what I mean? Like it would be the three defenders, centre-backs and Walcott yeah. would come out and then they would fit in the yeah. um, designated mm-hmm. positions. Possibly, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying, I just think if he's going to do it, because he's been threatening it. So, you know, like you say, to free it. I mean, we're not going to go all out and guns blazing, are we? No. We, you know, we have, we've struggled, not with the formation, but, you know, with the players that we've played over the past two games. Obviously, th- those type of teams have sat in and mm. played for the draw I, to an I think, extent. I think if he does play, it'll help the two full-backs or wing-backs, whichever way they, they play. Because, obviously, you know, Dean has been really impressive, but it's his toughest task so far this weekend if, when he comes up against either Sterling mm. or Sané. Um, He's going to be in defensive mode, you would have thought, from yeah, the start yeah, and yes. maybe as the game Absolutely. progresses. And for me, Seamus Coleman's been becoming a little bit of a target in recent weeks by opposition. He seems, a lot seems to be going down, down his flank. That right-hand side in general. Yeah, mm. and, and I think looking at going, looking at Saturday, again, if he comes up against Sané or Sterling, you know, it's real, it's real, it could be a really, really tough afternoon. Yeah. So, I think if they do play with the three centre-halves, it will help the full-backs out because... It'll give them a little bit more sort of presence in there to, to defend. Mm. Mm. All right, well, uh, to be fair, we'll go on to the fan questions now because that, what you just said there, Conor, about Coleman and stuff like that leads into the, the first one. The View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The View from the Gladys Street podcast. Matthew Barry, you said, is it time we need to look for a permanent replacement for Seamus Coleman? His decline is becoming similar to Neville's and Howard's. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, Unfortunately, I think we're at, we're at a point now where, you know, there's, there's no doubt that Seamus Coleman's been a fantastic servant to the football club and he probably is the, the greatest sign in the club's history in terms of the, the value for money, what we got from him. Mm. Um, but there's no doubt he's on the decline now. I mean, like I said there, there's a lot. When you watch opposition now, the right side has become Everton's sort of weak spot. Um, and I'd say the right-back area has become Everton's weak link at the back across the back four. So I think we definitely need to start looking at a long-term replacement. Um, purely and simply because we need to evolve and we need to improve and we need to move forward. And, you know, Coleman's had a really bad injury. He's coming back. You know, I think the adrenaline got him, got him through last year in large parts of, of coming back and in the initial buzz. 
now everything seems to have settled down. It looks like he's lost that yard of pace. I don't think he's really been that good defensively over the years anyway. It's never been part of it, isn't it? His main I think game, his, is his, it? his yeah. main game's always been that little knock back, the knock past, the, 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 the doubling up on the right side, the little kick and run and swigging the ball in. Mm. Even his crossing now has become a little bit sort of... It's readable. Yeah, yeah. you know, he's it's a, he, hits the, over he the hits the first man or he hits the, go, the, goal, the little floater goal right into the goal of his hand. It's become a little bit sort of stagnated now. Mm. It's, it's gone a little bit stale for him. And mm. I think, you know, as a club, we need to look at improving all positions across the pitch because it's the only way that you're going to evolve, evolve and you're going to improve. Uh, Rob, Callum Lapsley said, I mean, for this question, I'd probably say just off the top of your head, five players. How many players in our current squad are not up to scratch and need offloading? Oh, need offloading in yeah. the current squad? Morgan Schneiderlin. Jenk Tosin. Nias. Theo Walcott. Theo? Wow. Nias. Umar. You put Theo in there? Yeah. Are you? Yeah. Wow. Do you agree um, with that, Connor? No, not at the moment. No. Uh, and one more. Uh, it's a struggle, this. I thought we'd have, I thought it'd I be know, easy. Yeah. I thought it'd be well easy. Come on, Connor, help him out. You know what? I, I'm going to go back go go back to that last question. You know that right hand side's a problem. Seamus Coleman. You know, okay. me, me me reasoning behind Walcott is is I don't like the way if he loses the ball, his his first thought isn't to track back and help out and win the ball back. He kind of just gives up. He misses quite a few chances. He can't doesn't really take a man on, and I think. We need to give that berth to Luckman or a new signing. I think we we've brought Walcott up before, and there's a reason why Arsenal got rid of him because it's a there's a level that he's hit, and do we want to be better than that level? Mm-hmm. And that that that's my reasoning behind it. And you know, controversial as it may be, he is on that. He is on that. Don't be wrong. There's other players probably, but they're they're the five I'd say, and Coleman as well. Kind of agree with. Connor's sentiments there it's it's a difficult one Coleman because everyone loves him you know he, he's, he's a nice bloke he's, he's, on that, he's on that he's on that he's on that KL level of like you know he was a bargain and he's mm. provided us so much but unfortunately that leg injury hasn't you know it's not it's knocked him back he hasn't got that yard of pace anymore and he hasn't and that was the main part of his game really you know he was never really the, the defending right back was he mm-hmm. and you know you look at the fullbacks now. Look at look, just look at Luca Dean. You know the balls he puts in. You know and what he what he contributes mm. to what Coleman is, and it's a difficult conversation, Coleman. But he'd be a perfect backup. Don't get me wrong, but let's maybe move on. Okay, Ian Jones. He's a, he's included Coleman in this, but obviously we've touched on him. He's basically said um, Coleman and Gilfie have to do more, and he would like to see Kenny given a go in the team. But is Gilfie Gilfie's uh, position under threat at the moment? Mm. Yeah, I think a lot of I think a lot of the attacking players um, positions under threat because we don't we haven't created enough, have we? In recent, I mean, I know me and you spoke about it the after the derby, and we said that we should have done we should have done a little bit more second half in terms of getting on the ball and going mm. forward. I don't think we've created enough chances for what you'd expect mm. in the recent games. I mean, you know the Newcastle game. I know we created chances in the, the first sort of thirty minutes, didn't we? But after that, it dried up and. You know, that Newcastle game there in the second half, that's the game where you think Sigurdsson's going to step up here and take about his scruff of the neck and do something like he did against mm. Leicester where he, you know, produces something out of nothing or produces something brilliant and it's not really happened for him and if anything, it's gone the other way, like, you know, like you alluded to earlier, flicking the ball to something, like trying to back heel the ball on the edge of the box. Is it a case... In, in a crowd of penalty area when you're 2-1 down, yeah. you know, it's, 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 it's just really, really frustrating to see and mm. it, it doesn't help because it just means the fans start growing in the moment, mm. like, yeah. Is it a case though with these players that we mentioned, you know, Coleman, Gilfie, uh, Theo, um, probably not Theo to an extent because we got we got Luckman who can come in, but we haven't got the adequate backup to mm. come in and replace them. You know, obviously Silver's tried and tested Kenny, but just purely for the fact that Coleman was injured and now Coleman's form's dipped. Whether you can say Gilfie's form's dipped, I don't know, but he's obviously we need him to do more. But if if Gilfie doesn't play, there's no one really to, to fill that void. If Gilfie Sigerson's not on that team sheet, you're probably like, hang on a minute. Yeah, what what I mean? Despi- regardless of whether he's um, he's think, playing well or not. I think I think in terms of going, 
keep staying on on Gilfie there. I think me me point like my thing on Gilfie is is that I think he's so integral to how this team performs. He I think he's top of our pressing stats. You know, he creates the, he, mm-hmm. he he's the one who, you know, wins the ball back the most in that final third for us and stuff. And you know, you look before these this last couple you know, these last few games, what was it was it six and eight he'd scored? You know that's yeah. a, that's not a bad contribution. That mm. you know that's I think I, I think he's probably the one who's probably the least should be the least worried about his position. Yeah, the, I, position I, in I, the I agree with that because he, I think what Ian says there goes hands down with it, doesn't it? There's no one there to replace. There's no one there to replace. Anywhere near him. And I understand he's missed a couple of penalties, but you know Wayne Rooney missed two or three penalties last year, and mm. you know he still he still scored a, a fair amount for the, the position he was playing in. So I just think. I think Gilfie's probably like the one who's least under threat because he's so integral to how that team attacks, like in terms of his pressing and and, he, and he's our chief chance creator effectively, isn't he? Absolutely. Um, so look, next question. I can find it. Um, Jonathan Darwin. He's uh, he wants to ask a question about Bernard and seems to think he, he looked incredible when he first came in, but now as time's gone on, he's looked a little bit less effective. Maybe a little bit lightweight. Is he is he physically? Up to the challenge of the Premier League, I oh, I think he is. I think Bernard. I I don't like seeing Bernard go off. To be honest with you, I mean mm. he 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 really helped um, Luca Dean out defensively on on uh, Monday on, night. on Monday night. Yeah. you know, and, and he he might be small, but he, he's not. He's he's a strong lad, you know. And I read a stat. This was bef- this is pre pre Derby, by the way. He was involved in X amount so many of our goals. You know, and, and it might not have been like a direct assist, but he's key to the attack. Mm-hmm. I, I think, but I think Bernard is going to be really key for us for the remainder of the season and and the next the next um, the next couple of seasons as well. Once he gets up to speed, um, I'd like to see him in the middle, maybe, um, maybe Sigurdsson drops a bit deeper. I don't know, um, but yeah, I, does he just need time? Then do you think? Yeah, definitely. You know, the lad, not going to see the, the best of him until next the, year. The lad, the lads come from playing in in you know the Russian league which let's let's face it isn't you know isn't the toughest league in the world I think this I think the last time he kicked the ball was last March prior to this season he had a shoulder injury at the beginning of the season you know give the lad time and you know I think I think and I want him to be I want him to be like that kind of like David Silver figure um, was for City where he was one of the first ones brought in when they had you know the really big surge into trophies and stuff like that, and you really, you know, David, you know, we all know David Silver's qualities, and I hope Bernard's similar to that in in that in that um, in that mold for us. And you know, yeah, we've got no no issues with Bernard. Okay, last couple then. Uh, Steve Kembury, he's basically called me out here because last last week I uh, I basically called Gav um, Gav Buckland out with regards to his comments on uh, Adrissa Garnagay. Gav Buckland's is uh, he appears on our Royal Blue podcast and. Basically, um, let's have a look. Stevens basically said, "Was Gav right about uh, Guy? And the, do we need another uh, centre back?" And I, I basically said, "You know, I feel Guy does that job perfectly well." But I think it's this is stemming from the fact that Guy hasn't been great as he the past three certainly games, two, yeah, two, maybe three games. Well, probably yeah, he wasn't great in the derby as mm-hmm. well. Um, I still think this is just form, and he has been our best player so far this season. Um, obviously that probably will change at some point when with Gomez and it, what impact he can have but I do think that it's just form but is it a coincidence that Guy hasn't played well over the past two three games and we, we haven't really played that well either a little bit yeah I mean I think as well that you know Guy's passing is terrible isn't it mm. you know his distribution is really poor I mean there was times in the derby where he couldn't pass it five yards. And yeah, we did it, mention that, didn't we? It's it kind was of, the same on Monday. It's kind of, it's well. kind of the, yeah. the team's trying to mm. carry it on. And I think it comes down to what you want to now. So if you sent him a field, I mean, we've sort of Chelsea with um, Sarri and the way he's, what, what he's done with Kante, mm. in the sense that he's kind of moved Kante out to the right and sort of said, well, I want someone in the middle who can get on the ball and make things happen and, and can sort of play the, the, the quarterback role almost of getting the ball and, and looking to distribute. So it depends what you want out. I mean, I think the way Everton play now, a fit and you know a fit and strong Adrissa guy is vital to the way they play because he he cuts things up, he gets attacks moving. I just think it's a little bit of form, like you said, and hopefully he'll, he'll get back to the, the levels that he was at at the start of the season last year, and you know hopefully he'll, he'll work on his, his passing and training just to find a blue shirt. <laughs> uh, Rob Samuel Mason has said Lucas Dean has put in more crosses than any of the Premier League 
player this season. Do you think with the right striker we could properly use um, his attributes effectively? Yeah, you know, we've touched before on this podcast a few times, you know, and, and it was more so evident on on Monday and Wednesday just gone and against, and against Liverpool. You know, we're missing that. And 25 a season striker, aren't we? Who can who can get you the goal even when you're not playing well? You know, and don't be wrong, I know the Charlison's it's he's trying hard, but you know, he's not the biggest lad and when he's being hustled and bustled by two big centre halves, it's not he's not gonna get that much he's not gonna be able to uh, get that many chances. But definitely, yeah, you know, let's aim to get a striker. I heard the other day, yesterday, um we're after a Leon striker, I think, mm. allegedly, you know, in January. But it's who you can get in January. You know, we might have to just make do. But again, it, it's back to the original point of the podcast. You know, time, just give it time and we'll, we'll get these players in and we'll, we'll start firing then and we'll be on a, you know, we'll be back up there. Okay, final question. Dewey Reese owen um, Connor, he's basically said, Lee Mason and Kevin Friend have been appalling our last two home games. Not just decisions for us, but as we touched upon, decisions for opponents too. I mean, we've got VAR coming in. Obviously, that that is it being confirmed. But is it time? He said, "Is it time we attract the best foreign referees to our league to solve the issue?" Um, I don't know how you'd even go about doing that if you could do that. To be honest, but yeah, I haven't got a clue whether you could just go around poaching other referees. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I is it like a trans- is it like a trans- transfer window? It's like for a transfer referees. window for referees. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that would be I, amazing. I think. Well, Quart- if, I think Quartenberg if went abroad, didn't he? He never went to the referee, or did he went to the referee's consultant? Oh, I thought he went to the referee, actually referee. Oh, well, no, I think he does a little bit. I think he went to like, be, he's sort of gone to like, head train the referees uh, in Saudi right. Arabia or something. So he's kind of, kind of like an instructor. He got sacked though, didn't he? Or got replaced well, he, recently? Well, well, he was getting, well, axed, wasn't he? <laughs> I think he didn't he say as well that his face, hadn't, his face had been pushed out and he was he found himself not getting the big, the bigger games that right. he'd hoped. Mm. So I think there was a bit of politics behind his, yeah. his move, but... I don't know where you'd start with that. I don't know how we go about even knowing who the best referees are yeah. in European I, football. And I, mean, th- and I think as well, you've got to be careful that the referee doesn't become too big of a set. I mean, could you imagine the Premier League paying, I don't know, five million to the Portuguese FA for their best referee? And then he comes in to a game, the scrutiny over it, and what people would be, you know, it would be ridiculous. Mm. And it would just take football to a new sort of pathetic level, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think you've got to be careful of. And I think if we're gonna if they're gonna start doing paying for referees, why not put more money into producing and training, training and, and yeah. our own referees and, and getting them in young and, and making it making it look a proper career for for people who want to go into refereeing? Mm. I think as well. I think as well. Just t- t- touching on that, I think I think the risky run as well as bring it, of bringing foreign referees into the the English game. The English game is very it's unique in its its sense that you don't get a lot of space, you don't get mm. a lot of time on the ball, and it's a fast-paced game. You don't want a referee coming in who's not used to that and starts trying to change the way our game's played. You know what I mean? Mm. And I think that's that's something you've got to be careful of. But, but we see it all the time we, in Europe when our teams play, not just Everton, any team yeah. playing, they get a, you know, a Slovenian or Slovakian referee or wherever, and the thing is, you say, oh, you know, he's two cars happy, we'll just let the game flow, or one or two rough tackles yeah. go in, you know, and you've, I think, you, what Rob said, you've got to be, you've got to be careful that you're sort of getting rid of what's actually good about our own game, you know, mm. the, 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 the side of that actually is still sort of traditional to its roots. I agree that the developments and, you know, the investments yeah, in I think that's that, the thing, We'll go a long way, but can you imagine the scenes on a, a referee deadline day if we offload Kevin <laughs> Friend and Lee Mason to the Liga? <laughs> oh, it would be absolutely amazing. That would be bad, though, would it? Because they're getting, getting, getting rewards over a little jolly off to Spain, aren't yeah. they? Well, let, let them go. But like, just like what Connor said there as well, though, let's let's get into you know retraining, or re- either retraining or breeding through you know our yeah. own referees. Look, I mean, the, the lad who refereed the derby, to be fair, I thought he was one of the best, yeah, referees, outstanding. best referees I've seen in years. To be fair, To be fair to him. Well, the, the thing with that game was, was you didn't actually come away, did you mention referees yeah, once? Yeah. Which is when you know a referee's you know, done well. Done hasn't it? And I think as well, I think, I think that the problem with our referees at the minute is, it, it's like they're trying to, they'll never get there, but they're trying to match that celebrity culture that the football players mm-hmm. have got. You know, you look at you look at um, you look at Clattenburg, prime example. The, the man loves the media. You know, Michael Oliver's probably in a similar um, a similar vein, and. They're not there to do that. They're there to officiate a game and keep the rules. You don't get rugby referees being like that. You don't get NFL referees or anything like that doing that. They're there solely to keep the game in check, not to be front and centre of making decisions. I mean, look at look at him. Um, 
is it Mike Dean? Every time someone scores, he does like a silly little run when they scored, like pointing away. And it, Lee Mason did it on uh, on um, Saturday when Liverpool played Bournemouth when Salah scored. He, it was like he was celebrating with them almost. <laughs> and it's like you're not there to do that. Just point mm-hmm. like everyone had a, everyone had a pop at Lee, um, Kevin Friend on on when Wednesday when uh, Monday sorry when Dean scored that free kick. I've miserably was so what? Mm-hmm. He's miserable. He's not there to be happy or sad yeah. about it. He's there to officiate a game at the end of the day and. and just like, yeah. I, I just think, you know, because you imagine the absolute uproar when, you know, the Premier League or whoever it be starts to spending like millions on bringing referees and, you know, it's bad the, enough the now. The game's gone it? as it is, never it, mind. It's yeah. bad enough as it is now, isn't it, with the fact that we don't produce enough coaches, we don't produce enough players. So we won't be, we won't be producing our own referees, so oh, we'll just be getting yeah. them in. And, you know, I just think it is open up big kind of worms and one that would just take football to a new pathetic level. All right, Jerry, I hope that's answered your question and every year. Uh, questions submitted there I hope they've been answered by the guys here um, lads thanks for coming in always a pleasure um, just to just a reminder to subscribe rate and review the podcast and uh, that is on iTunes and the Acast app the fan podcast will be back next Wednesday which is the 19th of December until then goodbye you've been listening to the view from the Gladys Street podcast